I don't like it at all. Where's Albert gone? Who? Albert Simpson. Oh, yes, I guess he's taken the opportunity to get out of the going's good. What do you mean? I mean that Simpson's real name is Robert Justin. A murderer that escaped from Sterling Jail. He's not a murderer. Isn't he? The jury, Faxel. Hello. Hello, hello. Here I am with a flying saucer in my lap. Not to mention the escaped company that can't get his phone to work. Hello. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen. I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the Mary Black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futurist of War. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi strength flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Reach Cold, and you're listening to Tracks and Sci-Fi. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest, and you are listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is episode 611 for Sunday. November 19th, 2016. I'm back this week with another classic science fiction movie. Today's movie is the cult classic, Devil Girl from Mars. Before I get into this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoy it. Before I get into Devil Girl from Mars, I want to talk a little bit about Arrival. There are days that define your story beyond your life. Like the day they arrived. Signs of what might be called first contact. The objects measure at least... I'm Colonel G.T. Weber from the Intelligence. Pack your bags. You're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. Priority one. What do they want? Where are they from? You'll be reporting to me, but you'll be working with him when you're in the show. That's what they call him, the UFO. Who's being carted off in the medevac? Not everyone is wired for what you're about to do. So what do they look like? You'll see soon enough. Every 18 hours, a door opens up. That's where we go in. around the world. This is one of 12 
I'm never gonna be able to speak their words. You got two days. Figure something out. I am human. It's their language. We need to make sure that they understand the difference between a weapon and a tool. Language is messy, and sometimes one can be both. Are you dreaming in their language? It's possible they're prodding us to fight among ourselves. This is just a way to force us to work together for once. It's more complicated than that. How is it more complicated? Russia just executed one of their own to keep their secret. We've got 21 hours before they start global war. So how do we clarify their intentions? I go back in. Why does this feel worse? Arrival is the story of a linguist recruited by the military to find a way to communicate with a race of aliens who just parked 12 spaceships around the world. It stars Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and Forrest Whitaker. This is a great science fiction movie. I'm not going to give away any spoilers. I encourage everybody to go see it. If you like Contact or Interstellar, you're going to love this movie because it's basically one part contact one part interstellar then just a light dusting of independence day please go check it out it's a great movie you will not be disappointed okay now let's talk about devil girl from mars we saw this with our own eyes an object the like of which we had never seen before a frightening strange shape descending from outer space with relentless purpose where did it come from and what did it want of us? Hello, hello! It's an aircraft door, right? But like nothing I've ever seen before. Hello! What do you mean? Hello, hello! It's like something from another planet! Do not try to follow me. You cannot get help. Around this house, I've drawn an invisible wall through which no one may pass. Here is a news reporter with a world-shattering story. A girl trying to escape from her past. The scientist trapped in spite of his knowledge. And here also is the barmaid, hiding a murderer's secret. A murderer with a life already forfeit. And introducing the devil girl from Mars herself. Get back on fire. You fool. Get back! Shoot, man, shoot! Devil Girl from Mars is a 1954 British science fiction movie. It was directed by David McDonald. It was produced by Edward and Harry Danziger. The screenplay was written by James Eastwood. It was released March 24, 1954, and has a running time of 76 minutes. And here's the cast. Starting at the top, Patricia Laffin. She was Naya, the Martian commander. Hugh McDermott, he was reporter Michael Carter. Hazel Court was Ellen Pestwick. She was the runaway model and guest at the end. Peter Reynolds was Robert Justin slash Albert Simpson. 
escaped convicted murderer. Adrienne Corey, she was Doris. She was a maid at the inn and also ex-girlfriend of Robert Justin. Joseph Tumulty, he was Professor Arnold Hennessy. He was an astronomer. John Laurie, he was Mr. Jameson. He was the innkeeper. Sophie Stewart was Mrs. Jameson, and she's the innkeeper's wife. Then we have Anthony Richman, who was Tommy, the Jameson's nephew. And to round it off, we have James Edmund. He was David. He was the help at the end. Now let's get into the movie. The movie starts at an inn on the Scottish Moors. We see Mrs. Jameson and Doris and Tommy listening to the radio. This is the BBC Home Service. Here is the news. It was announced by the Home Office today that the mysterious noise heard over a lonely part of Invernessshire yesterday was caused by a supposed meteor falling to Earth. What's a meteor? I don't know, Tommy. There's a good job it didn't drop on anyone, if you ask me. Oh, here's your auntie. Many reports have since come in regarding an unidentified white aircraft... Come on now, Doris, turn it off. You can read all about it in the papers in the morning, and it's long past Tommy's bedtime. Off you go, Tommy. I'll be up to tuck you in in ten minutes. All right, auntie. Mm -hmm. But, Mrs. Jameson, there's a meteor drop near here. Meteor? A bit of rock from the sky. Tommy? Yes, auntie. I'm going. I'll be real glad when his parents come up from London and take them off my hands. It's sort of romantic, isn't it? Coming all that way just to drop in our back garden. Oh, you fair daft. Mrs. Matthews in the village said it dropped near Ochenary, and that's nearly 40 miles away. Now get on with your work. Meanwhile, out on the moors, Professor Arnold Hennessy and reporter Michael Carter are hopelessly lost. Hennessy and Carter are looking for a meteorite that may have landed in the area. Eventually, the two men give up and stay at the Jameson's Inn for the night. Professor, if you can tear yourself away from your own hero worship for just a minute, maybe you can make something of this map, huh? I'm no good at reading maps. Look, you plot stars millions of miles apart in the heavens, yet you can't even read a map of Scotland. Do you want to know something, Professor? What? We are lost. Marooned in the highlands in the depths of winter. You know, this whole thing is a waste of time. I don't believe it'll turn out to be a meteor, more probably an engine cowling of an aeroplane. <laughs> anyway, we're seeing Bonnie Scotland. The next person to show up at the inn is a fugitive from the law. He is convicted murderer Robert Justin. He was sent to prison for killing his wife. He has escaped and come to the inn to get help from his ex-girlfriend, Doris. Doris persuades Mrs. Jemison to let him stay a few days as a handyman around the inn. It isn't Robert now, Doris. It's Albert. Albert Simpson. Have they let you out? With my luck? What a chance. You've escaped them. They're after you. What do you think? And you came here. Why? Why don't you admit it, Doris? You said you took this job to be near me. That you'd be waiting for me when I got out. Well, I'm out. What can I do? Give me a bite to eat. Somewhere to sleep. You know what you're asking. I know. Well, if you'd rather not. Heaven's alive. Who are you? I'm... He, he's on a hiking tour, Mrs. Jameson. Got lost on the moors and, and luckily saw our lights. My name's Simpson. Albert Simpson. You want a room and a bath? Well, I don't see your luggage. 
You'll have to pay in advance. Oh, I'm sorry, I... Isn't it awful, Mrs. Jameson? He's lost his wallet. He, he's just been telling me about it. There he was crossing the stream and, and he looks over to see a fish that's in the water and, and next thing he knows, his wallet's gone. I, I'd be willing to work for my keep. Very well. I, I can't refuse your hospitality. I'll find you plenty of jobs to do, don't worry. Thanks. Thank you very much. But I warn you, I'm counting the spoons. Ellen Prestwick is a guest at the inn, and she sees Albert, and she can't place his face. Later on that evening at dinner, Michael Carter, the reporter, recognizes Albert as escaped murderer Robert Justin. Just as he's about to out Robert, a flying saucer flies overhead and lands near the inn. A female alien comes out of the spaceship and heads for the inn. The female alien encounters David, the help at the inn, and she immediately disintegrates him. And then she continues on to the inn. Who are you? My name is Naya. Where do you come from? Mars. Mars. But that's preposterous. You men on Earth are much as we expected. We scientists were always skeptical about the possibility of life on Mars, but certainly nothing so human. You are a scientist? Yes. You are a very poor physical specimen. You speak English? Of course. You are English, aren't you? What other language should I speak? You speak other languages? I speak them all. You pick up our radio? Of course. Is this the first time any of your spaceships have landed on this earth? Yes, this is the first landing. Why did you land here? A miscalculation. The course was set for London, but the planet's atmosphere was sick of unexpected. A part of the ship was torn off. The supposed meteor, Professor. Yes. Repairs will take about four Earth hours. Are you alone in the ship? Johnny is with me. Johnny? Johnny is a mechanical man, a robot with many of the characteristics of a human but improved by an electronic brain. Many of your Earth years ago, our women were similar to yours today. Our emancipation took several hundred years and ended in a bitter, devastating war between the sexes. The last war we ever had. So you've had wars too? All inhabited planets have had wars. Some have ended by wiping themselves out. How? For every new weapon invented, a defense was perfected. Until the ultimate weapon was developed, a perpetual motion chain reactor beam. Incredible. What form did it take? As fast as matter was created, it was changed by its molecular structure into the next dimension, and so destroyed itself. So there is a fourth dimension. After the war of the sexes, women became the rulers of Mars, but now the male has fallen into a decline. The birth rate is dropping tremendously. For despite our advanced science, we have still found no way of creating life. So you come here for new blood? In a way. But also to test a newly invented organic metal, of which my ship is built. On Mars, some think I will not return, that the metal is too unstable. But when I get back, we will build more spaceships. Meanwhile, I will select some of your strongest men to return with me to Mars. And if they don't want to go with you? There is no if. Your philosophy may not be appreciated. How do you propose to subdue London or anywhere else for that matter once you take your pick of the men? A simple matter. The nuclear ship contains a paralyzer ray mechanism 
capable of freezing all life over a wide area. Like you froze me just now? Yes. My God, Professor, don't you understand that this, this thing from Mars can destroy all life? But we must look objectively on what's happening. Mars offers the scientific millennium now. This is the turning point in the history of the world. Oh, you're back. Mrs. Jemison, may I introduce your latest guest, Miss Naya. She comes from Mars. Oh, well, that'll mean another bed. She's come from where? From Mars. Niall leaves the inn and heads back to her spaceship. Ellen goes to her room, and Michael follows her to comfort her. What are you doing up here all by yourself? Well, you can see that thing better from up here. The tomato juice girl wouldn't by any chance have a scotch around, would she? No, but I've got some brandy. Here, help yourself. Oh, thank you. Why do you do it, Michael? Do what? Drink so much. <laughs> the girl is as good as she is beautiful. Don't try and be too clever about things, Michael. It's like drinking, you know. Doesn't do any good. All right. Who was it? Name? Not important. It isn't a story. It's a very old story. He was a dress designer. Very handsome. Very sophisticated. And very married. He's the artist and you're the model. You better talk about it. After tonight, you may never have another chance. If you're so much in love with him, why are you hiding from him? Because it's no good. It never was and it never will be. This isn't the first time I've run away. Only he always found me. As you always hoped he would. And now I've come here. To a Scottish inn. Where he won't find you. And you know it. My dear girl, you're on the way to recovery. As your friend and advisor, I tell you, you may now safely take a drink. You know, I don't really like the taste of alcohol. Really? Well, it is an acquired taste. And I've acquired it. Did it take you a long time? To acquire it, I mean. Long enough. It was the Spanish War, the invasion of Italy, D-Day, Belson, Spelling, Czechoslovakia. A few atomic explosions which I did not see. And now this, a Martian ship, a flying saucer. But for me, it's not so much a landmark as journey's end. Now I'm letting my hair down. That's that thing out there. Naya returns to the inn, and Michael is waiting for her with a gun. You are all very quiet. No doubt you are resigned to the inevitable. That is wise. Professor, I observed your encounter with the electronic wall. Today it is you who learn the power of Mars. Tomorrow it will be the whole world. Put up your hands. And why should I put up my hands? Because if you don't, I'll shoot you. Get back on fire. Get back. You fool. Get back. Shoot, man, shoot. You poor demented humans. To imagine you can destroy me with your old-fashioned toy. What do you know of force? Forces were used on Mars. But you shall know. You and the rest who dwell on this planet. I can control power beyond your wildest dreams. 
Come. Come and you shall see. Naya takes the people of the inn out on the moors and shows them Chani, her robot companion. Chani has enough power to destroy the earth. As a show of force, Naya orders Chani to destroy a tree, a truck, and a barn. Meanwhile, Tommy and Albert snuck out of the inn to go take a look at the spaceship. Naya discovers them hiding in the bushes and takes Tommy to her spaceship. Gee, you're just like the black spider. Danger's always having trouble with her. You speak in riddles. What is your name? Don't talk to him like that. He's only a kid. Leave him alone. You should plead for your own life and not for his. He will be safe with me. Who are you? What's going on? Where do you come from? You ask a lot of questions. I will deal with you later. Come, we will return to the ship. Goody! You aren't taking him anywhere. You speak unwisely. Just try taking him. You can't play any of your tricks with me. Naya returns to the inn, and Professor Hennessy decides to go with her back to her ship to see the power of Mars. No doubt you are having a council of war. It amuses me to watch your puny efforts. The wise man always seeks to discover the truth. Even his means of doing so are limited. It would take you a thousand years to learn a fragment of what we have achieved. Perhaps not, if I had you for my teacher. What do you mean? As a scientist, I can only believe the evidence of my own senses. So far, the only thing I know about you is that you can kill. That is also a human accomplishment. You say your spaceship is very powerful. We also have powerful machines. None to equal those of Mars. Indeed. You say you believe the evidence of your senses. Very well, then you shall see. Perhaps then you will realize your helplessness. Come! Naya takes Professor Hennessy into her spaceship to show him the wonders of Mars. Now you shall see. But it's quite cool. Yet two hours ago it was quite hot. Only the outside. That was caused by the friction as we entered the atmosphere of the Earth at over 6,000 semantics. The interior is insulated against heat or cold. But how did the outside cool so quickly? You have no wisdom. The entire structure of the nuclear ship is made of a new organic metal. Therefore, each molecular cell can absorb its own amount of heat or cold. It could have absorbed all the heat in a matter of seconds. Fill your eyes, Earthman. See such powers as you never dreamed existed. Now, look again. The evidence of your own eyes, Professor. Can you still see? There is enough power there to drive the ship anywhere in the universe. Enough power to obliterate this speck of matter you call Earth. What is the power? Something you scientists have not yet dreamed of. A form of nuclear fission on a static negative condensity. A negative condensity? Exactly. Your atomic bomb is positive, causing the explosion to expand upwards and evaporate. Our force is negative and explodes the atomic forces into each other, thereby magnifying the power a thousandfold. And the fuel? Self-propagating. The accessory action of each drive expands, and it causes the same motion to happen again and again. This is what you call perpetual motion. Perpetual motion? Impossible. You talk like a primitive savage. Because your science has not discovered these things does not mean they are impossible. 
Even inventions as radio and television you would have considered impossible a hundred years ago. But enough. Now we shall return to the others. The people at the end try to electrocute Naya when she returns with the professor. This attempt fails, and Naya threatens to destroy Tommy. You fools. Do you think you can hurt me with this? Even your limited intelligence will convince you by now that you cannot harm me. Perhaps your scientists will help to convince you. Now you must cease your stupid tricks, or I will destroy the child. The child? You haven't... You can't have... Oh, dear. The child is safe so far. You have seen some of my power. Perhaps this will help to show the others. You devil, if you harm that child. <laughs> Look. Look, she's going all blurry. It can't be. You still doubt? The transfer of matter into the fourth dimension is simple. I, I can't stand anymore. I'd love to see the day. How did you get him? How did you know he was here? He's not there. The poor lad's in that devil's hands. I'll never forgive myself. Oh, now, my dear, you mustn't blame yourself. We're just simple folk up against a strange power. We can only trust in the Lord. But we must have sinned something terrible. Michael goes to Naya with a bargain. He will go with Naya if she lets Tommy go free. What is it? You have taken the child. So? Why did you take him? He is a young creature. His mind is free from your stupid emotions and fears. If I take him, he will make a willing subject. But a weak one. Why not exchange him for someone who would suit your purpose better? Exchange him? For whom? For me. For you? Release the child and I'll follow you willingly. It's a fair bargain. Naya accepts the deal and releases Tommy. There's someone outside. She's back. She'll kill us all. I'll bet that scared you. Tommy! Oh, thank God. Oh, dear. Oh, Tommy, it's a miracle. Tell me, Sonny, what happened? I saw the aeroplane come down from my window. I wanted to have a look. I put on my trousers, Auntie. So it was all right. Oh, dear. Then? Yes? I climbed down the roof with a nice man. What nice man? He was up in the attic. He came with me. What's she got into her? Go on, son, go on. Then we went across to the barn, and we saw the big machine come over. Then we turned and ran and ran. And then we met the lady in a black flying suit. Mercy me, you poor laddie. Oh, it was fun. Then she took me back with her, to the aeroplane. But she didn't show me much. I waited for a long time, in a bright sort of room. Then she came and told me to come back. Gee, wait till I tell the fellas at school. Tommy, Tommy, did you see a tall, dark man in there? No, there was nobody there. 
Michael goes back to the spaceship with Naya. When he gets to the spaceship, he tries to take control of Chani, but Naya uses her mental powers to stop him. She returns him to the inn, where she tells the people that everyone will die except for one. He tried to gain control of the robot. Because of his trickery, you will all die. <laughs> Do you hear, Earthman? You have brought death upon all in this room. In a few minutes, as you calculate time, the nuclear ship will have repaired itself. When I leave, this house and everyone in it will be destroyed. Take me with you. Another trick? Why should I take you? Because when you get to London, you will need a guide. A guide? In spite of your great knowledge, many things there will be strange to you. Why should I take you? Since you've been here last, I've been thinking deeply. It is only right that Mars, with its superior knowledge, should triumph over Earth. Mars will triumph. I am a scientist. Take me with you. Let me share in that triumph. But, Professor, you said that you would... Never mind what I said a moment ago. I've changed my mind. Why should I die? I am willing to go with you on one condition. Well? That you spur the others. I will spare no one. But in saying that I need a guide, you speak sense. I will take one of you. The rest will die. Then you will take me? I do not know. Three times already during this Earth night you've tried to trick me. It will not happen again. No one will enter the nuclear ship till it is ready. I will return soon. One of you will come with me. The rest will die. The people at the inn have decided that whomever gets aboard her ship must destroy it. When Naya returns to the inn, she finds that everybody is in hiding, except for Albert. He's the only person there. He volunteers to go with Naya. He boards her ship, and they lift off. A short while later, Albert sacrifices himself and destroys the spaceship. And that's the end of the movie. Usually I would have some trivia and hopefully a Star Trek connection, but I couldn't find either in this movie. So I'm going to give you my comments on this movie. I watched the 2009 DVD release from Osiris Entertainment. The picture and sound quality are poor at best. The video on YouTube looks and sounds better than this movie. So if you want to watch it, watch it on YouTube. The special features on this DVD aren't worth mentioning. Nothing really there. Um, but I do like the story. I like the story how the main story is Naya's come here to get men. I like that because that's, that's, that's different. Because most, in most science fiction movies, it's Martian men coming to get our Earth women. And in this one, it's Martian women coming to get our Earth men, which is a nice twist. Um, there's two subplots. The two lovers, you got Robert and Doris, which is okay. He's a He killed his wife accidentally, and she was his girlfriend. So you got that little element going on. And then you got Michael Carter and Ellen, and you got their little love story. And, you know, it's a good story. I like the movie. Um, what I really liked the most about it was Naya. She was great. Patricia Laughlin was great as Naya. I loved her outfit. She had this black vinyl suit you know she had a skull cap and then she had a black uniform and black boots and this flowing black cape and man she worked that cape i mean every time she opened the doors 
to the end. They had these French doors. She would op- fly, fling the doors open and she'd go, pew, puny humans. Don't you understand the power of Mars? She was great. And when I when I look at her, I always think that maybe she's like Darth Vader's girlfriend or some dominatrix from Mars. But her character was great. She was pretty ruthless, though, because there's a scene in the movie where the uh, help at the end, his name is David, and he has a deformity. And she sees him and she just goes, he is an unworthy specimen and just disintegrates him immediately. It's like, dang, she's pretty cold. And and then there's another scene where she threatens Tommy. She's like, if you guys don't get it together, I'm going to destroy this child. And it's like, wow, she's pretty bad. But she definitely made the movie for me. My least favorite character is Michael Carter. I think he was supposed to be an American. I don't know why. He was just like, I'm an American and didn't really like him. Anyway, all he did was drink through the entire movie. That guy needs to go to an AA meeting and raise his hands because he's got a drinking problem. Seriously. Um, There are two scenes that made me laugh out loud. The first one was the first time you see Chani and he's coming out of the spaceship and he's walking down the ramp. And it's hilarious because he's this big giant robot. He looks like a refrigerator with legs and he can barely walk down the ramp. It is so funny. He looks like he's going to fall over at any minute. And he's got all this power. I can just, dest- Johnny can destroy the earth, but he can't walk down that ramp, which is hilarious. He's definitely no Gort. The second scene that made me laugh out loud was the fight scene between Michael and Robert. Oh my God. That was the worst fight scene I've ever seen in my entire life. It reminded me of those fight scenes from the old cowboy movies of the 1930s and 40s where you'd have two guys fight all day and their hats never fell off. It was that bad. Um, Devil Girl from Mars is pretty much one of my one of those guilty pleasures that people don't really want to say they like because it's a really bad movie, but it's fun to watch. I really, really enjoyed watching it. And. I would recommend this movie to all science fiction fans. Once you get over the cheese, it's a fun movie. Uh, on a scale from 1 to 10, i got to give it a 4. It's a horrible movie, but it's fun to watch. And those are my comments about Devil Girl from Mars. That's it for this week's podcast. Before I wrap up this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico again for another opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoyed it. Rico will be back on the podcast next week with Jen, and they'll have a chat about Enterprise. I'll end this podcast with some music from the soundtrack of The Black Hole. I'll be back soon with another classic science fiction movie. Until then, everyone take care. This is M5 signing off.